welcome again. So glad that you're here. Um, it's already been a good year for me. I'm really enjoying, really enjoying myself. How many of you were uh, went to Disciples of Jesus with us last week? Raise your hand. Now, I don't want to make you feel bad if you didn't go, but you missed it. It was awesome. It was so much fun. Yeah. We will have other opportunities for things like that. We'll let you know. Make a commitment to be there. It, was, it really was a huge blessing. Uh, they were such a warm and inviting congregation, and they were so good to us, and uh, worship was amazing. Um, I thought Blake was soulful until he was up there on stage, and I was like, oh, he's got a little work to do still. <laughs> it was awesome. That was really good. Um, Good stuff. We Speaking of that, uh, we mentioned in the announcements, Friday Night Fire, we're trying something different this year. We're going to pull back the amount of times we do Friday Night Fire, and we're going to really, 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 really encourage you to be there. Um, I know uh, when we do it monthly, um, it, it's like, it's, it seems like it's competing with other stuff. We're going to do it quarterly, and, and so February 2nd is the first Friday of February. Uh, we're going to be doing Friday Night Fire. We already have a church we're talking to uh, about them coming and joining us at the same time. We, we would love for you to go ahead and put that on your calendar and just commit to be there. Not, uh, well, we'll see if I don't have anything else going on, but actually commit to it. Um, and we'll be doing four of those throughout the year. Each time we'll have a different church come join us and worship with us, okay? So that's the plan. It'll still be awesome worship. It'll still be amazing ministry. It'll still be all those things. It will just be less often, okay? So that's, that's the deal with Friday Night Fire. As you also saw, we are starting a, a church-wide fast. Yay! <laughs> We're starting a church-wide fast. Um, and there's going to be an informational meeting about this if you want to come this Wednesday at 6.30, okay? Child care is already going on in the TLC building and in the student ministries building, okay? So you can come here. We're going to talk about how to fast, what to fast, what the spiritual significance is, what to expect during these next 18 days, and I think we're going to share communion as well. So food's not provided, but communion probably will be. Um, and uh, I, I encourage you, you know, there are all different ways to fast. We'll talk about this in detail Wednesday. You can fast a certain type of food. You can fast all food. Uh, you can fast um, a habit. Uh, one of the things I'm going to be fasting is I'm going to find a way to turn off every single notification on my phone except for phone calls and texts. That's y'all. Y'all don't seem impressed, but for me, that I mean, it's always bling, all these different like noises, right? So they're all going to go off, all right? And I'm going to be fasting some of the games that I play on my phone. And so um, so Tiffany is really looking forward to this. Um, so yeah, so that's coming up. Uh, we'll start the 10th and we'll go for 18 days for 2018. And so we encourage you to join us. I would love, even if you fast just something, just it doesn't matter what, I, would, I want 100% participation, okay? Pray and say, Holy Spirit, what can I fast? What can I fast? What can I give up for 18 days so that I might hear more clearly from you? Amen? Cool. So one of my favorite parts of starting a new year is celebrating what God did in the previous year. Now, I'm going to be sharing. We have a leadership uh, um, meeting on the 20th of this month where all of our elders, our trustees, our pastors, our staff, and our ministry team leaders all get together and get the vision for 2018, and, and we just share about where God's taken us and everything. 
Um, and so that, um, that, that meeting, we really get into the celebrating some of the things that, that happened the last year. I want to share really quickly, though, a few of the top-line um, awesome things that happened this past year at VFC. Are you guys ready? Are you excited? Are you pumped up? Okay, cool. Last year at VFC, 74 people gave their hearts to Jesus for the first time. Isn't that awesome? Yeah? It's amazing. 114 people received physical healing. That's this, yeah. Now, these are people that told us they're healed. Okay, we didn't say, I think you're healed. Let me write this down. They told us that they're healed. Hey, 114 times it happened over this past year. 44 people rededicated their lives to the Lord. Now, we, that's, that's awesome. Now, here's the thing. We don't really, like, talk about that a whole lot here. Uh, and so that's, you know, pretty, uh, pretty high number, which is pretty awesome. Um, 25 people got water baptized. They went public with their faith. Um, in water baptism, we gave out 3,979 bags of food this past year. And that's including about um, uh, two months when we were, the food pantry was down because we were changing buildings. Um, that translates, this is what we do. Um, it, we figure a bag of food at the bare minimum will provide two and a half meals, right? I mean, at, at least that, if not more, plus multiple people that eat at those meals. So I like to be really conservative with these numbers. You can take these numbers to the bank. I don't inflate them. I don't like that. Jesus doesn't need our help, okay? Um, so all these numbers you can bank on. So if you multiply 3,979 by two and a half meals, we can say that we provided almost 10,000 meals to the community this year. Isn't that amazing? It's awesome. So God is doing good stuff. Amen. 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 Um, we're starting our new series called Full of It. Full of It. And I want to let you know this morning that you are full of something. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are full of it. I <laughs> kind of felt good, didn't it? Some of y'all enjoyed that a little too much. You are full of something. You are full of something, okay? Um, you know, and I want to, in this series, we're going to look at a few things that I want to encourage you to be full of this year. And it's going to be your choice. It's going to be up to you whether or not you're going to be full of these things, okay? Um, today, we're actually going to be talking about the process of filling up. Filling up. And I encourage you, um, if you've got our VFC app, if you go to Sunday at VFC and you go to Sermon Notes, all the notes are already there. And there's fill in the blanks where you can keep up and you can type in each point, okay? Certain words in each point. So I encourage you to do that. We're all full of something. I want to read, there, in studying for this, there's so many different words in the English language that end with the word full. And I was just kind of reading this really ultra-long list of these, and several of them jumped out. And I just want to read some of these to you. And I want you to, we all know that you're full of something. We're all full of something. I want to ask you if you're full of these things. Are you hateful or hopeful? Are you mistrustful or merciful? Are you resentful or are you respectful? Are you pitiful or are you powerful? Are you boastful or are you beautiful? Are you fearful or are you faithful? Are you wasteful or are you watchful? Are you harmful 
Or are you helpful? Are you prayerful? Or are you prideful? We're all full of different things. And in different seasons of our lives, a lot of these words, both the negative ones and the positive ones, we've been full of those things, right? And so what I want to do this morning is we're going to talk about the process of filling up. And I want to give you some things that you need to know about being full of it. And here's the first one. What you've been feeding on determines what you're full of. What you have been feeding on determines what you are full of. Now think about this for a moment. Who you are right now is the sum total of your physical, emotional, and spiritual intake. Let me say that again. Who you are right now is the sum total of your physical, emotional, and spiritual intake. In other words... You are what you eat, right? We've all heard that phrase before. And we typically mean, about, mean it you know, physically when it comes to what we physically eat and how we, uh, you know, the different nutrients we take in. But it's true emotionally. It's true spiritually as well. You are what you eat. If you don't like who you are, there's good news. Just change your intake. Since what you're full of is based on what you've been feeding on, Feed on something different and you'll be full of something different, right? And so you get to change your intake, okay? Um, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 is a pretty familiar scripture. It says, um, um, it says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. That's the New King James Version. The New Living Translation says this, guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, when you guard something, you're not passive, right? You're not standing back and waiting for someone else to do something. If you're guarding something, you're very active, right? Has anyone ever played Capture the Flag? All right, we used, to, we used to go, when I was in high school, we used to go, uh, one of my friends had uh, some land out in the country, and we would have this huge, massive uh, area where we'd play capture the flag, where you try to grab the other team's flag uh, in their territory, and part of the game was some people were stationed around that flag, uh, and they were guarding it, and they just didn't sit there and talk. They were actively looking, making sure that no one from the other team was getting in. And in the same way, we're called to guard our hearts, to not be passive, but to be active and to make sure. It says guard your heart above all else, with all diligence, with everything that you are, as if it matters, because it does. It does matter whether or not we guard our heart. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Wow, that's important information. It determines the course of your life. So if you do like the course of your life, the way that it's going right now, you need to continue to guard your heart in the way that you have been. If you don't like the course of your life and you want to change some things, then you need to change how you guard your heart. But the bottom line is that the key to changing what you're full of is to change what you feed on. So we need to feed on something different in order to be full of something different. Amen? Here's the next thing I want you to know. What you are full of will be revealed by your actions. 
what you are full of will be revealed by your actions. Now, we, we are, are really hard on ourselves sometimes because some of the, the people that sabotage us the most, whether it's in our actual physical eating habits or whether it's our you know, spiritual uh, feeding, uh, we sabotage ourselves because we oftentimes lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we're doing much better than we often are, right? I mean, I mean, let's. I, I don't. I, I don't want to be too insensitive here, but you can tell what people eat, right? I mean, you can tell what people eat. Uh, it, it's, it's not that hard to tell if someone is on a healthy diet or on a not so healthy diet. Exhibit A. I mean, if I told you, oh, I'm, man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a vegan and I take in 1,000 calories a day, and then you look at me, you're like, no. I mean, some people are just fooling themselves. They're like, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, meatloaf is not a plant. That's not true, right? But we, we kid ourselves. We, 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 we fool ourselves about this kind of stuff. But, but you know, some people walk around declaring that they're full of one thing, but they're really full of another thing. Look at First Peter chapter 2. I just encourage you, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So we have to acknowledge what we're actually feeding upon so that we can change what we're full of. First Peter chapter 2. Verses 1 through 3. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. A full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Now that you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. That's 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 through 3. So you will, your, actions, your actions will reveal what you're feeding on. So the first thing we have to do when we come to the Lord is we have to say, Okay, what is the deal with what I'm feeding on? Lord, show me what I'm really feeding on. May I be honest with myself. Let's look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. You know, if we're like trees... Uh, and this is often a, an example that's used in Scripture. We're like trees. The fruit that is growing off of our branches reveals the health of our branches. And again, so what, what you have been feeding on, if a tree's root system goes deep into the ground and it's been feeding on good nutrients and soil and it's been getting plenty of sunlight and plenty of water, then it's going to produce good fruit, Right? But if it's not, if it's not growing deep, if it's, if, it's, if it's not, maybe it's in a bad part and it doesn't get a lot of sunlight, maybe it doesn't get a lot of water for whatever reason, maybe there's insects and, and things like that that are hurting it, then it's not going to produce fruit. And so we've, we've just got to be honest with ourselves that what you're full of will be revealed by your actions. Amen? Here's the next thing I want you to see. I want you to see this. Feeding on something regularly will cause you to crave it. 
feeding on something regularly will cause you to crave it. Um, we read First Peter chapter two already. It said, it said, it says, crave, crave spiritual nourishment. Crave spiritual nourishment. Cry out for spiritual milk like a newborn baby. Y'all know when babies get hungry, they aren't quiet. Right? Have you ever heard of a baby that's hungry? They're going to let you know that they are ready for some food. And, and that's, we're supposed to take on that same mentality. And we're supposed to cry out for this nourishment. Cry out for, for, um, for this, this uh, feeding that we so desperately need. Feeding on good stuff. You, you are wired... You are wired to crave what you feed on. And many of us, we grew up feeding on different things. So many of us overfed growing up. Maybe, uh, many of us underfed spiritually, naturally, emotionally. And these things have turned into cravings. They've turned into habits for us. But we need to recognize that feeding on something regularly will cause you to crave it. Appetites, now, this is interesting about appetites. Feeding an appetite won't make it go away. It makes it grow. Think about that. Feeding an appetite will make it go away. It will make it grow. Okay? Um, if you think about it, if you've ever had, I've used this example before, but if you've ever gone to a restaurant and you've had like an amazing meal, you don't think, all right, I've done that. I don't have to do that again. No, you think, when can I go back and get that meal again? Right? You've now created an appetite for yourself. I, I love to ride roller coasters. Where are my roller coaster people at? Anyone else? Okay, yeah, absolutely love them. And, and when I was a youth pastor, I would take the youth. And, and we, uh, one year we went to Universal Studios and we had these VIP passes. Even better than the skip the lines. You got to skip everyone and everything. We were walking around like, yeah, what's up? You know, we owned the place. And, and we would all ride a roller coaster together. And, you know, you get off and you look at your picture. You find your picture and you're making a silly face or whatever. And the kids are flashing gang signs. And, and, then, and then what do we do? Well, I've read that one. I've, re- I've ridden that roller coaster. I'm good. No. Let's do it again. Right? We created an appetite for this thing because we'd fed on it. So whatever you feed on regularly will cause you to crave that thing. We have to learn to crave the things of the Spirit by beginning to feed on it. And the more you just choose of your own will, of your own decision to say, I'm going to feed on the things of the Spirit, you will develop a craving for these things. But if you're waiting on God to somehow cosmically drop the desire to be in His presence on you, you're going to be waiting a long time. Because He subbed that out to you. He subcontracted that out to you. It says that His Holy Spirit will give us both the will and the means to do what He's calling us to do. And so we have to press into Him and say, Lord... I desire, I'm going to set my alarm clock, right? I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm going to say no to this invitation. I'm going to do this so that I might be with you, feed on you, so that I can be full of you and develop a craving that I need. Amen? So feeding on something will cause you to crave it. In the same way, here's the next part of that concept, what you crave is what you will want to fill up on. See, it's it's a cycle. It's a cycle. If you say, well, I don't, I don't really want to fill up on Jesus. Okay, do it anyway. That will create a craving. And then what will the craving drive you to? Filling up more on Jesus. You see how that works? What you crave the most is what you will fill up on. What you feed on, you will crave. And what you crave, you will fill up on. And what you fill up on is what you'll be full of. Did you get that? And so you have to watch what you crave because whatever you crave is what you will 
fill up on. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to look at um, verse 12. The context of this is sexual sin, but it can be applied to anything. He says this, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. This is uh, in the New King James, it'll say, um, something may be lawful, but it may not be profitable or helpful. Okay, So he's saying, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Even though you are allowed to do anything, you must not become a slave to anything. Many of us have become slaves to our cravings. And I'm not even talking about food necessarily, although it definitely applies. Many of us have been slaves to our cravings. I want to be powerful. I want to be known. I want to be rich. I want to be respected. I want to be revered. I want to be all these different things, right? And so everything that we do in our life is oriented around that craving. I, I, I crave acceptance, so I'll do things that go against my moral code in order to be accepted. I, I want to get ahead at work, and so I believe lying, cheating, and stealing is wrong, but my boss really wants me to, and I might get a promotion if I do. And, and, and so, again, um, we, we want to learn to crave the right things, so that we will continue to be filled up with them, so we'll be full of good things. It's interesting, Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, God's talking to, to Cain. As you know, Cain killed Abel. This is right before Cain killed Abel. God's talking to him and encouraging him because he got his feelings hurt a little bit. God accepted Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's offering. And so Cain, it says, it says he, he, was, he was downtrodden. All right? It says his face fell, his countenance fell. He's starting to feel a little sorry for himself. Someone got something good in their life. He didn't get something good in his life. Have you ever been there? So God is talking to Cain. Cain didn't take the advice. He ended up killing his brother. But you know, before you make a bad decision, God always gives you the opportunity not to. So God's talking to Cain. He warns him. He says, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. You must master it. See, you are either going to master these negative cravings or these negative cravings are going to master you. And, and, and I hate to tell you this, but if you do nothing, the default is that you will be mastered. If you don't fight, if you don't have a plan, if you don't intentionally decide what you're going to feed on, it's going to master you. It's just the way of the world, right? The majority. Scripture says that the, 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 uh, the way of the world, it's a wide road, right? And many travel it. It's the default. It's easier. It's the way most people are going to go. But you have a decision. You get an opportunity to change what you feed on so that you might be full of something else. So what you crave is what you'll fill up on. Here's another thing I want you to know about being full of it. What you fill up on will determine your quality of life. What you fill up on will determine your quality of life. Now, we already read in Proverbs 4.23 that, um, that you know, out of, out of your heart will spring the issues of life, right? We already read that, but let me show you this. In, in John chapter 6, John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus is talking. This is actually one of the saddest passages in the Bible because just a ton of people walk away from Jesus' ministry because he freaks them out. But 
He's talking here about feeding on him. And he says, verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Wow. What's he talking about? He's talking about being satisfied. Aren't all the cravings in our lives, aren't it, isn't it all about, in the end, it's about being satisfied? It's about being at peace. It's about knowing who you are. It's about knowing whose you are. It's about, it's about that we, we, we long to be satisfied. We, we long to, to we crave uh, to be satisfied and content in our life. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm the bread of life. He's not literally bread, right? But he's saying, look, if you want to be satisfied in life, you feed on me. If you do, you won't be hungry. You won't be out there in the world looking for like all these other things to satisfy your needs. You won't be looking to people. You'll take the pressure off of your spouse to, to be the perfect spouse to meet your needs. If you come to Jesus, right, then, then he, will, uh, he will leave you satisfied, and only he will lead you satisfied. The other things in the world, they will make us feel full temporarily, right? Now, it's funny, certain types of food, y'all know Chinese food, right? What is it about Chinese food? You eat it like an hour later, you're hungry. Right? You ever done that? It's like, I mean, you're so full. I'm like walking, especially a Chinese buffet. I get into MSGs, like rolling around in my brain. And I'm like all foggy brained and, you know, walking out to the car. And <laughs> I feel so full. And it's crazy. Like an hour later, I'm like, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. I'm ready to go again. Right? Uh, because it didn't satisfy. All those carbs and the rice, it just, it just burned up. And it didn't stay. In the same way, the ways of the world will make you full temporarily. I mean, you can find temporarily ha- temporary happiness with another person. You, you can find temporary happiness with a, a person, place, or thing, but that's the problem is, is it's only temporary. And it's a substitution for the real thing. And the real thing is Jesus. And too many times... We're letting these substitutions get in the way and we're missing out on the goodness of life that we find in Christ. When, when Ethan was probably three, four, or five, I don't know how old he was, um, we, were, we just moved back here to Thomasville and um, I was probably youth pastor, just starting out as youth pastor at that point. And our tradition after church would be to go over to my mom's house and, and have lunch. And uh, my mom's an excellent cook, and so we, we would all go over there, and we knew it was going to be good stuff, right? Well, um, so Ethan's favorite food was macaroni and cheese. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Right? And, and mom would always make, have y'all had the Stouffer's mac and cheese? Oh, it's good stuff, right? That's like, I'm pretty sure, like, if you look up manna in the original Hebrew, it's translated mac and cheese, Okay. Specifically Stouffer's. So good stuff. And Ethan absolutely loved this macaroni and cheese, right? I mean, he, he, he loved it. He lived for it. It was amazing. Well, church had run late that morning, and Ethan was starving. He was so hungry. Uh, and he was sitting at the table, and he was getting, you know, really angry and, and fussy. And he was like, man, I'm ready to eat. And we're like, Ethan, just hold on. Mina, that's what they call my mom, Mina has made your favorite mac and cheese. And he's like, I'm just so hungry, though. I'm so hungry. And in the middle of the table was this pack of saltine crackers. You know, the, the saltine crackers, it's like, eh, it's nothing special. It's just crackers, right? 
And he said, I want those crackers. And we said, Ethan, no, here's the deal, man. Here's the deal. If you eat those crackers, you won't have enough room to enjoy the mac and cheese that you want and you like so much. He's like, I want the crackers. And we're like, no, just if you'll just wait, it's almost done. It's just the, it's going to be, it's going to have that nice golden brown top. It's going to be perfectly, just wait just a little bit, buddy. Just wait just a little bit. When we turn our backs for a minute, what does he do? He grabs the crackers. He gorges on crackers. And then finally, when the mac and cheese comes out, he's like, I don't want any. So many of us are gorging on crackers. So many of us are eating saltines. And we're thinking, God, this isn't any good. My life's not any good because you're not waiting on the good stuff. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the good stuff to cook. I mean, think about it in in relationships. So many of us have, have dated around and dated around and put up with these people that God has not put in our lives. They're just saltines. They're just bad, poor substitutions of the person that God has for you. Wait on your mac and cheese. Wait on your mac and cheese. God's got someone, something, somewhere for you. And it's good because he knows what your favorite meal is. But if you feed on these saltines, you're going to miss the good meal. Amen? So what you fill up on will determine your quality of life. Here's my last point about being full of it. When you're full of one thing, you can't be full of something else. When you're full of one thing, you can't be full of something else. There's just not enough room. If wherever you go to eat after, you know, for lunch today, after church, and you fill up at that place, you can't simultaneously be at another place filling up on that. Why? Because you're full. You're full. You're already full of something. So you can't be full of something else. Whatever you fed yourself with, you can't feed yourself with something else at the same time. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. We'll read that. Matthew 6, 24. Jesus is talking. Y'all have heard this passage before probably. It says, No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, he's talking specifically about money here, but, but the, the idea remains. It's true regardless. It's interesting. It says, I'll give you a quick word study. It says, you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. We use the word despise uh, as in like, man, I just hate that, like a synonym for hate. I despise, you know, whatever. Um, that's not what the word really means in Greek. You can do your own word study. I encourage you to follow up on me. It actually means... It actually means to hate by comparison or to despise by... In other words, it's not that you hate the thing. It's just that there's something else you'll always love more. You with me? In the same way, many times, because we're feeding on these saltines, because we're, you know, we're, we're buying into the lie of the world uh, that, that we have to satisfy our cravings immediately with the first thing that we can possibly feed on, um, and, 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 but we also at the same time want to be full of Jesus. We want to feed on him, but it's impossible to be full of Jesus and to be full of the world. It doesn't work that way. You can't serve two masters. You've got to choose. You've got to choose one over the other. And, 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 if, you, and if, you, if you think you can serve two masters, you're only fooling yourself. You're straddling the fence, and that's pretty uncomfortable. 
lot of people walk around straddling the fence. And it's painful. You ever try to jump a fence? It's not fun. And so I, I encourage you, you know, when you're full of one thing, you can't be full of something else. This is why fasting works so well. This is why we're calling a fast. Because when you are fasting, you are purposefully limiting yourself from feeding on one thing so you can make room for something else. When, when, when we fast, whether, it's a, whether you decide to fast TV or Netflix or phone or whether you decide to fast all food or some food or particular types of food or, or you can fast a meal or you can fast one day out of a week, two days out of a week, you can, you can do different things. But what you're doing is you're making room because you can't serve two masters. You can't feed on one thing and another thing at the same time. You can't be full of those things at the same time. So that's why we're going to fast, is we're going to make room. We're going to limit one intake and make room for another. That's the plan. Amen? So here's my question for you. What are you full of? We know you're full of it. (laughs) We know you're full of something, right? What are you full of? Let's stand for prayer. I'd love for you to internalize this message for a moment. If, unless you've got a, 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 a service job here at the church, and unless you've got an emergency, I just ask you to stay here for just a moment and be still. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, okay? Close your eyes and just begin to focus on Him. Remember that affection we spoke of earlier? Just begin to picture Jesus. He loves you. He's got a plan for you. He's not mad at you. But he does have better things for you. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, what am I full of? Maybe some of those words that I read earlier. Prideful, resentful, boastful, mistrustful, pitiful, hateful, fearful, wasteful. What are you full of this morning? What are you full of? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to lead you in a prayer where you pray and you ask the Lord to change what you feed on. Where you allow the Holy Spirit to change your feeding schedule and change what you are full of. If you will, let me supply those words. It's your prayer. But let's pray this together. If you will, just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to be full of you. I know that what I've been feeding on will determine what I'm full of. So I choose right now to feed on you. In 2018, I choose to crave the things of the Spirit. Because if I feed on those, my quality of life will go up. I can't be full of one thing and full of another.
So I choose to be full of you and you alone. Help me, guide me, and guard me. In Jesus' name, amen.